Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, and I'm here again with my co-host, Patty Marbury. Hi. And we're talking today about manager mistakes. And we usually don't like to accentuate the negative, but we're also going to talk about how to correct some of those. Um, We've been doing a, a lot of reading lately and a lot of thinking about manager development and professional development. And there are a few really, really common pitfalls um, when you are a manager, either new or seasoned, that Patty and I both thought were worth bringing to you today on the pod to just give you a little heads up. That yeah. These are really, really common ones. Yeah, I think when you say you know new or seasoned, I think even when you've been a manager for a while, um, you, you don't even realize these are issues or could be problems. And so... Well, and it was funny because as we were talking about this one, it was all a matter of perception on some of them. Like, you know, don't don't do this too much, or it becomes a problem in another way. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. it's a yeah. lot of balance and and nuance in all of it. And while it may sound like common sense when we start talking about some of these things, um, and we'll link a few articles that were helpful to us in the show notes for today's pod, but they're. They may sound like common sense, but it, it is easy to forget how your behaviors are perceived or um, to just go with like the prevailing wisdom mm-hmm. on what you should do as a manager. Right. Because even what works for maybe your manager might not work for you as a manager if your personalities are different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's jump in today. Where do we want to start? Um, well, since I already brought up the idea of negative. accentuating the <laughs> negative, um, let's let's start with the one that we identified that was a pretty big one, focusing on the negative. Yeah. So so often, um, and and we don't do this just as managers. I think we do this as parents. We do this as we do this with ourselves. As consumers um, of news media. As consumers of news media, that's true. <laughs> um, we we often, and I think just. I, I don't know much about brain science, but um, I think it's often easy for our brains to focus on um, things we don't like or things that are wrong yeah. rather than on things that are right. Well, just like when we were talking about with our um, feedback right. conversation recently, yeah. when you are getting feedback, it's easy to hitch your... You could hear a thousand great things about yourself, but it's easy to hitch your thoughts on that one constructive comment or that perceived negative thing yeah it must just be the way our brains are wired so you you might have some um, team members that report to you and somebody does something that's either wrong or something that you don't like and suddenly it seems like everything they do is wrong or is something that is kind of highlighted to brought to the forefront of your mind and you start not noticing the things that are that they're actually doing really well or the things that you like. And so um, so I think that's important to realize that and, and to just kind of question yourself. Are you, um, are you noticing those things more in a particular person? Are you because, waiting for them to mess up the right, next time? <laughs> are you waiting for, it's yeah. exactly, yeah. And so 
I think that's, um, so focusing on the negative is, is a big mistake that people often make. And again, even for yourselves, think about that too. When you do something um, not well or you make a mistake, think about how much you kind of dwell, dwell on it. Dwell on it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we do the same thing for ourselves, but we also do it for our team members too. And so if you kind of want to attack or overcome that problem, um, one of the things, the way, the ways you can do that is to, um, especially if you find that you're becoming overly critical of one of your team members, consciously note that and start to focus on what they're doing right. And so point out the things, not, not necessarily in giving them feedback, but to yourself. Um, jot down you know, notes about the things that you um, know that they're doing really well. And, I, you know, as, as we've been talking about these, I think about with this one, too, like, before this ever becomes an issue, I think it's great as a manager just to get in the habit of noticing and calling out the, the things that employees are doing correctly. Mm-hmm. So that, you, I don't know, it's kind of like inoculating yourself against this, against focusing on the negative too much. When you get oh, in true. the habit of yeah. offering the praise for the right things, it's not so much of a big deal when somebody messes up and you have right. to go back and fix well, that. Well, and we talked about that in our feedback podcast. Um, we talked about the importance of pointing out the things that are going well or the things that somebody's doing right so that they do more of that. You want to kind of positively reinforce that good behavior. Yep. Um, and so if you can, if you notice yourself kind of starting to be nitpicky about certain things or criticizing somebody, um, just kind of think back to when did that start and oh it started with you know they didn't they missed a deadline or something like that and now you start worrying um, they're going to miss all the deadlines mm-hmm. and they don't get things done on time and, right yeah so look for ways that they are successful um, and then also in some of the stuff we've been reading they talk about um, if if there are mistakes or things you do criticize then help them to improve those areas so coach them and um, help them uh, find ways that they can do better cool all right so another manager mistake that that we um, thought was worth bringing to the pod today is one that it's interesting in light of some of the well one of the prevailing threads of the conversation that we've had here on finance matters which is like the idea of work-life balance and that we're whole people and Mm -hmm. we don't think of ourselves as um, people who put down our home baggage when we walk in the door of the office and then pick it back up when we go out and we don't we leave everything from the office at home this whole idea that there's a division between your work and your quote-unquote real Mm -hmm. life is a false idea right and that the number two thing that we wanted to talk about what that is a mistake is um leaving emotions out of it Mm um not being an emotional person or seeing your employees as people who have emotions. And when I say an emotional person, I don't mean like a dramatic person. Right. Just a person who has emotion. Right. Right. We're, we're whole people. Yeah. We, like you say, you don't just walk in the door and suddenly nothing else that's going on in your life. I am a robot. On, I am here right. to do work. Right. It has any impact on what you're doing. And so um, one of the the other things commonly that managers say, and I've, I've heard this a lot, and, the, and part of this is because I was in HR um, here at UVA for many years, and so people will sometimes ask me um, from, you know, to put on my HR hat and say, and at, will ask me, is it appropriate for me to 
ask questions or mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of delve into uh, why a person might be having a bad day or um, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, there are some boundaries you don't want to cross when it comes to that. But by recognizing that people have emotions and that people have whole lives, I think that is that is not a problem. And also like, okay, so if you are really, if we want everybody to be invested in work and to be passionate, I hate that term. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm passionate about yeah. finance. I am passionate, I'm super passionate yeah. about finance. I love my job, but, but I mean, the, we overuse those terms, but we want them to be invested, we want them to really care. And the idea then that like, if something goes wrong or they feel a failure personally or like, they think that something isn't going to go right or you know we think that the idea that we then wouldn't get upset and show that emotion it's counterintuitive well, yeah, not right all emotion is good emotion so right. so if you want people to be um passionate yeah and engaged yeah um in their work and happy about what they're doing there's going to be then, some emotion right involved. there's you want that there's going to be positive emotion yeah. around that yeah and on the flip side there's can be negative emotion around that um and so I think um, one of the things that's in this article that you're going to post in the show notes that says, you know, it often shows up with people sitting in your office crying. You, you go know? to the bathroom to do that. <laughs> right. So that's what you would tell your director for, right? It's not, this is not the place for crying. Go to the bathroom and clean um, yourself up. Um, so I, I remember one time a manager, I was, I, yes, I cried. Um, and he looked around and he didn't have anything except for a roll of paper towels, oh, bless it. <laughs> which, which he handed to me. So it was kind of funny. But, but um, we're not talking about letting people cry in your office and handing them a box of tissues. Right. I mean, that might be part of it, but, but it is um, more so validating their feelings. Right. That, it, that so, this is a space that it's okay to have feelings. Right. It's yeah. okay. And it, it may be simply saying that um, even if you think that they're wrong for being upset about whatever it is they're upset about, and it may be a personal thing, it may be a work-related thing, whatever, um, just simply saying it's, it's okay and you're safe to feel that way. Right. Um, and and um, it's okay that you, you know, let, let your emotion show like that yeah. within reason of course you know, yeah like within reason because we're not saying and I will fully admit that um I have not always been um as a younger manager I didn't always know where those boundaries yeah. were in terms of like as a young manager I would have um team members come to me with because I seemed to be a warm person and come mm -hmm. to me with problems outside of work yeah and, you know, it can go entirely in the other direction. Yeah. And you're not a counselor, but you, like, maybe you just, you, you well, make it a safe place and then refer as necessary for other help. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A and when I say within reason, too, because I think of emotion not always being a person um, crying, but it could be also a person being angry. Yep. Um, and so allowing a person to kind of their frustration or whatever is fine but it isn't fine to allow them to be disrespectful and things like that so um, so that's really what I mean by within reason um, and so kind of to wrap up this this other this second mistake we're talking about is um, let people voice their 
feelings, their emotions. In other and words, let people be people because that's yeah. what—that's who we are. And validate them. Yeah. And if there is a um, an issue and you're just really not aware of what it is, it's fine to ask if everything is okay, and how you can support them. Yeah. And if they if they feel free to share um, even personal things, it's okay. Yeah. It's, you haven't crossed the line. Yeah. Um, where you cross the line is when you dig into that without their wanting to share. Yeah. And, you know, I think, like, it's just like anything else. You know, when you get it out in the open, it becomes less of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm upset or disappointed with something at work and I talk to my manager and I'm thinking of my actual manager mm-hmm. <laughs> and she says, yep, like, I can understand how you feel that way and we all get it out in the open and it's out there and it's fine. And then you move on yeah. and you think about how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to fix problems. And yeah. it's easier to then be a move around in that that problem Mm -hmm. than it is when you're just really you have pent-up feelings yes yeah all right cool um our our third mistake um is lack of one-on-one time when you don't afford your supervisees much one-on-one time with you yeah and and this can be an easy one to kind of push off because um you you may um, you have really competent people. Number one, you right. may think you, you they may don't feel need like one on ones are micromanaging. Yep, very and good so, point. Which is another mistake that yeah. managers sometimes make. But I hate micromanaging. I know, I know. <laughs> but one on one time is not micromanaging. No, one on one time is um, check in, and managers can do it in different ways. Uh, we have a manager who. Um, we don't have formal one-on-one meetings. Right, but we have plenty of one-on-one time. Yep. And we have one-on-one time when we need it. What I would recommend, though, is if you are somebody who does tend to um, avoid or put off one-on-one time or don't even have it, then be, then make an extra effort to have consistent one-on-one meetings and don't cancel them. You, could, you can schedule one-on-one meetings with um, your team members and if you don't have an, it's fine to not have an agenda. Um, it's fine to to have a 15 minute meeting. Schedule it for a half hour. If you and only if need 15 not, yeah. minutes, then fine. You, Are, is what you're getting at like if you cancel it, then it feels like it's a yeah don't personal thing. Like don't I, cancel it. Yeah, and don't really let them cancel it unless there's a good reason yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and so it can just be a quick check in. Like yep. I said, you can shorten the time if you need to, but at least have the time to sit down and say you know what are you doing how are you doing uh, what can I how can I support you mm-hmm. what do you need help with that kind of thing more so in a one-on-one environment than I know we often do that in like team meetings and things like that too but um, in a one-on-one kind of it gives your employee that feeling of um, knowing that it's an air uh, space that they can come and share and have your complete attention yeah and just you know generally be supported like it's mm-hmm. nice even a, a lot of times I'm thinking of, again of our our shared boss mm-hmm. I think about we don't have a one-on-one but a lot of times when she comes in or I come in whoever gets there first somebody just stops and says hey how you yeah. doing what's yeah, going on quick today check in yep yeah and it just feels like everybody's yeah. okay we're on the same page right go forth and conquer <laughs> yeah so so I feel like when when we say um, the mistake is the lack of one-on-one time 
that's that is a mistake now how you achieve that one-on-one -on -one time is kind of up to you right whether it be quick check-ins that are more informal um, whether they be specific on the calendar one-on-ones um, with you know regular consistency and regularity you know like once a week on Fridays or whatever it is um, however they are just do them that would be my point is to for, to wrap this up with a, a very non pithy thought for some reason when we're talking about manager one-on-ones I keep seeing the boss from the office Showing up with his cup of coffee going, hey, Peter. Okay, funny. yeah, don't do that. Okay. So um, to move on to our next managerial mistake, um, we're going to take on a, a popular phrase that I've heard, like even just in the recent past at a meeting, somebody saying, I tell my people, if you're going to come to me with problems, have a solution. Don't come yeah. to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. I really don't like that as, as a manager. I've never fallen into that trap of telling people, if you're going to come to me with a problem, you better have a solution. So what is it about it that makes that mistaken? Because I feel like if, if you're going to require the person come to you with a solution, first of all, that's partly your job is to help, <laughs> is to help as a manager. Is it is kind help. of a cop-out, right? Like it, it feels like it. <laughs> For me, it does. Um, um, but if you're... Your job as a manager is to help people and coach people to come up with solutions, not to expect them to have the answer walking in your door. And, and I, I mean, I get like the the gist, I guess, behind the idea. You can you totally take it wrong, I think, when you hear it. Yeah. And maybe some managers take it to the extreme of like, really, don't come to me with a problem unless you have solutions. But I think what they may have been getting at is like, you know, we I, I think about what are the options and like do a little thought on the problem before you just throw your hands up and bring it to me. Right. I get that. I mean, you but. can, you can go easily either way with this because you, you can say, um, exactly that where it, it feels like a cop out from the manager yeah. to say, uh, you know, I don't want to, or from the employee to say, well, if, if we say it's okay to come with your problems without solutions, um, it's easy for the employee to, like you say, just say, yeah. and to be powerless, <laughs> to be powerless yeah. in the, we're both like putting our hands up in the air, like, being, <laughs> we, we forget for y'all can't see us, sorry about that, maybe so, one day we'll do a video component too, no, oh no, over our um, dead bodies, <laughs> that would be very boring, <laughs> it'd be um, a lot of gesticulating on my part, Patty probably gets annoyed with how much I sit here and flail around like a, <laughs> some kind of wannabe drama student. <laughs> Um, but I, I feel like you're, you don't want to encourage employees to come to you only powerless. If, yeah, right? not, not powerless and not without the, the solution already in hand. Right, because I feel like if you go the other extreme, which is only come to me with a problem if you have a solution in mind, is that you're people will just not come to come to you. Yeah, because they're like, dude, they're, I, I feel like I should have a solution, and if I'm not smart enough to figure this problem out, I'm not going to. Right, I'm, I'm not going to bring it up yeah. because they're just going to push me away since yeah. I don't really have an answer to this. Yeah. And I mean, need help with Yeah, and, an and they will think less of me if I don't yeah. have it all figured out. So, I mean, I think the intent is obviously good. Yeah. When you say to an employee, 
um, come with solutions. You feel like you're empowering them. You feel like you're you're um, getting them to kind of share in the leadership and all of that, which is a great thing. Yeah, and I think back to some of the better managers that I've had who like through helping me think through a problem, like coaching me like they're supposed to right, do, right. they've helped me to just all in all become a better problem solver so that as time goes on in, in different roles and um, as I've matured both physically and yeah. <laughs> and mentally, like I've learned better how to approach a lot of the common problems that you run into. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, heck, yeah. I'm not going to go to my boss with a solution in in something that I don't know anything about yeah. and they're going to know. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean this con- this this manager mistake can can easily be either thing which is um making your employees come to you with only problems that have solutions or on the flip side um making them come to all- you with all their problems. <laughs> And so when they when you know that they can solve some of them on their own. You know, so I think you just have to be careful about going either way. It's interesting that most of these come down to like showing the right amount of support. Right. Like mm-hmm. with with the response no matter which one of these mistakes we've been talking about, it's been an issue of like showing your employee that you have you have their back. Yeah. That you're you're there to you're happy to listen, yeah. that you acknowledge them, that you'll spend time mm-hmm. with them, that you're happy to coach. Right. So, yeah. if, so if you have a team member comes to you with an issue that you think, you know, they really should have been able to mm-hmm. figure this one out themselves, don't just say, say that to them. You know? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> you should know this. Um, don't say that. Instead, <laughs> coach them and help them fig- figure out. Ask them, well, what would you do? Yeah. Kind of talk them through that. And it may be that they totally knew that the whole time. They were just afraid to, like, yeah, that's really. Yeah, that's what coaching is, helping yeah. them figure out the answer yeah. to the problem. Yeah. So, so, and then if they come to you with a problem that you don't think that they should have been able to resolve on their own, then I still think include them in the solution. So yeah. if you need to call another meeting or involve other people, make sure that because they brought the issue to you, mm-hmm. that you include them in kind of getting, getting to the solution. Much learning will take place. Yeah. as a part of that process. So, yeah. So, one of the, I think it may be the penultimate mistake that we're talking about today. Um, it's kind of like this uh, come with solutions thing. Um, a lot of times you hear people say, and actually we hear our boss say, I have an open door policy. Mm-hmm. And especially because for us, it is a good thing. It works for our team. Yeah. You think, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Saying I have an open door policy. Yeah. When, when does that become a mistake? I think when that becomes a mistake is when you have, um, you have managers who aren't as supportive. And so um, employees may feel intimidated by walking in to your, you know, through your open door. Yeah. Um, if you don't already like have you, that relationship. Right. Yeah. They may not really feel like it's an open door. Um, they don't necessarily think they can take advantage of that. They also may be fearful of whatever feedback you're going to offer as they, when they come to you. And so, um, so if that's something that you say you have as a manager, I have an open door policy, and you think, does anybody ever come through my open door? Right. If they're not, then then you may want to question how you're giving that support and feedback. To yeah. Them. Why is it that they're not coming to you? And so. I think um, 
instead of just generally flat out saying that you have an open door policy is that um, you can use maybe some of that one-on-one -on -one time kind of coaching them through what they need to be successful too. And then not to say that you don't have an open door policy, but let them, you know, come to you when they, when they need it, but being supportive. And so I don't, I don't think the open door policy is necessarily a mistake. It's just how you use it and how, how you treat them as they come through your open door. Yeah. But I also think, um, and, and I admit when I first read some, the information that we have on this, when I saw that one of the mistakes a manager has is an open door policy, I thought that about that more selfishly. And I thought, I thought the... Was like protecting the, your time so you could be right, a better manager? protecting your time yeah. so you can be a better manager. And I think sometimes that open door policy is, is allows that to end up happening, where you end up really letting your time get away from you. And so I think you just have to be careful about open door, um, how it's being perceived, how people are being treated um, when they actually come, come mm -hmm. through that door, and then also still protecting your time. You know, in the end, a lot of it, like, these are good things that I'm glad that we're talking about, and they're good things for people to think about, but in the end, a lot of it comes down to team dynamic, too. Yeah. Like, you and your team and your style, but these are great things to think about, like, to examine how it's working for you so that you can reevaluate it. You mm -hmm. know, do I, how, how am I um, indicating to my team that I want them to handle problems, you know, and when they involve me? Um, do we spend enough time working with each other one-on-one? -on -one? Do they feel that I'm approachable? Um, do I accentuate the failings and the problems that we encounter um, more than I do cheering them on and talking about yeah. the things that they do right? Yeah. Um, you know, do I have unreasonable expectations for how they're going to behave at work in terms of just being people? Mm -hmm. um, I, can't, I was trying to think as we were talking about that if I've ever had that experience. And I guess because I have worked in creative fields, we've always we've always had like a pretty um, a warm work environment. Mm -hmm. But I guess definitely that could be the case. You know, one thing that wasn't on our um, our radar really to talk about too much about manager mistakes that I think you started to hint at with this last um, consideration with the open door policy. One thing to think about as a potential. Um, tripping a point for managers is also just not thinking about developing yourself as a leader yeah. mm -hmm. and because you were kind of getting into like your time getting away from you and you know spending all your time doing one or two certain things like transactional parts of your job and not really growing and of course if you're listening to this podcast that's a start yes right, <laughs> right. yeah so I think um it's it's kind of two two parts to that one is um, failing to really invest in yourself from mm -hmm. a, from an employee development or professional development standpoint. So there's that, and I forgot what the other thing was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I failing to was, make notes about the missing one. I know there were two things I was thinking of, but but just oh, I I know what I was going to say. It's not really two different things, but we often. Um, think as managers, you, you mentioned the transactional work and things like that, we get caught up in all of that that we need to do. And as we said, and I think one of our very first podcasts was about manager challenges. Oh, yeah. It was number one. That? So we It talked, was in this room. <laughs> car eight. 
<laughs> where so it all we began. talked about we are not at a winery. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe someday, y'all. <laughs> um, we we talked about um, managers not. I, I don't remember exactly how we phrased it then, but um, not as well as we would now because now we know what we're doing, kind of. About being working managers. Oh, we yeah, about yeah, that. absolutely, so, yes. So they, we talked about how big you, things to balance. Right, you're often manager of people, yes, mm-hmm. but you're also doing your, your, your you know, we, we refer to individual contributors as people who are team members, but you're, you're also a team member. Mm-hmm. And so you have to do that work, but then you also have to do management work. And so it can be really hard. So investing in yourself, both in your protecting your time to an extent, but then also, we, we often think about investing in our employees and making sure that, that the, our team members, our employees, get the professional development and support that they need. So making sure they're going to conferences and they're getting the training mm-hmm. that they need and you know all of that, and we don't invest in ourselves. And so leadership development is not just for um, mid-managers or like, like we are, but also executive leadership. And so I think, you know, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. So don't forget that you need to continue to grow and develop too. Absolutely. And so I think that's another manager mistake. And, you know, there are many ways to do that. There are the, the ways that your workplace may provide. There's reading books, there's websites, there's blogs and delightful podcasts and so many different ways that you can do that, that you can fit, we should do a podcast on that sometime, like fitting professional development into your, your, your. Just from a tactical level? Like, like different ways to like feed yourself as a professional. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Y'all look for that sometime soon. Yeah. So anything else that we want to cover before we close this one out today? Well, this might seem like we're stepping back a little bit, but I also think, you know, be careful of micromanaging. Yeah, we did mention that a little bit. We did a little bit. Um, but I think that's a common mistake people make. And if you feel like you're micromanaging or if you get feedback from your, which, you know, that can come in different ways. Most people are probably not going to come right out and tell you what you're micromanaging. You but you should be able to recognize that. Yeah, um, if you're spending all the your time, like, checking all the little details. And following up on, mm-hmm. yeah. Then you may be micromanaging. And so... One of the things that I think that just be careful of that, that's a, that's a common mistake that we make. And um, you can learn to be a de- better delegator. And maybe that's another thing to talk about in a podcast. Brandy's writing it down. So, <laughs> so um, many notes. So delegation is something that you may need to learn to, to be better at. And um, there's ways that, that we can help you do that. Well, all right. We'll have lots of good notes for you in the show notes today. So if you are listening on um, iTunes, be sure and check us out either on the UVA Finance blog or on Podbean, and you can grab those notes. Um, Thank you for making some time today for a little bit of professional development and joining us for Finance Matters. Thank you, Patty. I don't think I ever tell you thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have a co-host to talk about these things. It's professional development for me, too. Me, too. 
You can check out more about what finance at UVA is up to on the blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com or if you're here at UVA, you can check us out on the Jive community. If you've got an idea for a podcast or you know somebody who's doing good work out there on the operational side of things at UVA, please do let us know. You can email me, you can email Patty. You can stop by and visit us, or you can tweet us at UVA underscore finance. That's all we have for now. Until next time, do good work, because what you're doing matters. Just once, Patty, I want you to join in with me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, y'all.